Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. I have so many questions. What are they fighting about? Where are they going? Are they going to a funeral? He probably wanted a job. She wouldn't give him one before the funeral. Mm-hmm. But the ladies all look beautiful. Uh, Natasha and Tessa. They put on their fascinators. Mm-hmm. We went there and I uh, went with uh, Tessa Bonham, who we work with. Yeah, I uh, just mentioned her. I literally just said Natasha and Tessa. Mm-hmm. Those hats look great. Uh, Natasha had one on. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier as well. <laughs> Okay, so Should we just stop and <laughs> let you take a break? We got into chatting, and I told him how my neighbor across the street was named Dan. My neighbor three doors down's name is Dan. I met. I have a buddy named Dan. This guy's name is Dan. This has been Dan Doc. Mm-hmm. We decided we are going to have a Dan Fest, and then we just need to book Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. All Dans get in for free. All women get in for free, but non-Dans, $50. Holy man, that seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. Tall boys, too big. You got to go to the little boys. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light. You'll get frostbite all over your lips. from the past as we get started on the July 9th, 2018 podcast. I forgot that we uh, recorded in a bunch of different studios, Christoph. Well, but I always seem to remember that first incarnation of the pod being at the Chum Building downtown. Downtown, yes. But uh, well, the we- first one we ever did was actually in the studio you're sitting in right now. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was during a Thursday night football game. That was the only time we could use the studio. Wow. So, yeah. What memory. What a... Man, you're like a vault. And people might not remember Andre, but uh, that stems from I went to get work done on my old Lexus that I sold for $500. <laughs> and uh, the lady at the desk was like, oh, yeah, I watch your guys' show all the time. Even that Andre? I'm like, <laughs> yep, Andre. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot. I, when I would go out after that, I got a lot of Andre, a lot of that. <laughs> I don't get it as much anymore, but... <laughs> That was uh, pretty funny. Pretty funny. The countdown to summer vacation is one day closer. I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs) Because because, uh, we are going to take a little uh, podcast break over the vacation. And it's important that everyone knows we'll be back. Mm -hmm. Better than ever. Mm -hmm. But we will be doing this week, and then we'll do the podcast next week. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then that's it. And then it's bye-bye. Until Labor Day week. So first, <laughs> first week of September. So we got two more, this one, and one more, and then we're back on Labor Day. So, uh, yeah, take, uh, take some time with your family, uh, your friends, yeah, because your in, lovers. In the summer, come on. It's to be outdoors, not listening to podcasts. Or listening to old podcasts of right, ours of outdoors. <laughs> Catching up. Maybe you're, you've fallen behind. I talk to a lot of people who like to, uh, you know, they're, they're like, oh, I'm a couple behind, but I'm, I'm binging them. You know, they like to watch them in a row, like a, like a Netflix television series. And we appreciate that. That's totally cool that you do that. Um, I know a lot of Canadians will be going into Toronto for summer vacations. I was just uh, in there with my daughters for dinner and a, <laughs> you're a just show. In there, <laughs> in that, it was in there. It was in Toronto for a dinner and a show. You know what I realized after going to the show? <laughs> we saw Potted Potter, by the way. There's something to do with uh, Harry Potter. Um, in there, when kids that. Don't live in Toronto. Go to Toronto. This theater's right on Young Street, so you're in the heart of it. You're you're in Toronto. Yeah. Right? Just N- south of Bloor on Young. 98% of the entertainment is them just walking up Young Street. Especially we saw there, a guy standing on top of a fire hydrant yelling stuff. Then we later came back, and he was like sitting down having a... Uh, a McChicken combo. Yeah, there's a nice McDonald's right there at <laughs> Charles and Young. They just were like, it's just eyes or heads on a swivel walking down there. Now, walking by a sex shop, I'm like, please, girls, I hope they didn't see that window display. I don't want to dis- describe what those that displays was seduction. are. Seduction's the Walmart of sex shops. Walking by the brass rail, I'm like, okay. <laughs> the rail's I hope we- right there. I was just going to ask you about that. What do you say when you pass the rail and they got all those pictures of... Uh, Half-naked women in as the front. A, as a father of two young girls, you hope that they don't notice it, or B, choose not to ask because they don't know what's going on. I mean, the, all you can do is be a great father, because everyone working there didn't have one. <laughs> a great father, I mean. They might have had a dad, but he wasn't a good one. So, yeah, so yeah. luckily, went by both, zero questions asked, so saved it for another day. Well, you really uh, dodged a bullet there. Potted Potter. Yeah, you're right, though. It is an interesting... And that stretch of, you know, if you're not familiar with Toronto, that stretch that you're talking about between... Now it's basically between Bloor and Wellesley on Young is hasn't changed much since ni- the early 90s when Correct. I moved here. The rest of Young is totally changed. It's totally gentrified. It's way more upscale... Uh, or at least just mall-like. But that stretch, if you want to go back in time, <laughs> if you want to take a little trip back to the 90s, just just hop on the subway, get off at Young and Bloor, and then walk south to Wellesley, and you'll see, as Dan said, some pretty crazy Like, some of, the, some of the stores, you're on Young Street in Toronto, I don't know how they afford the rent. You look in, and it's just, it's all like pants from the 80s that are still brand new, but they just haven't sold them. They're just waiting for racks and racks of pants. I would love to know who owns the majority of those buildings along Young Street. Yeah, and what is the rent? (laughs) I'm asking a Dan question here. What is the rent on... Because that seems like primo real estate. But they just knocked down right at Young and Bloor on the southwest and southeast corner big buildings to to build giant condos there so you got to believe eventually that that it's going to gentrify but some parts of toronto don't seem to ever gentrify 
Um, east of Jarvis comes to mind. That is... Gah! This has been Toronto Talk. Yeah, sorry for everyone else outside of the city. That's kind of boring. Um, uh, you went to your first Jays game of the season? Yes, I went on Saturday. It was an excellent experience. Beautiful day, but not too humid. I know you had discussed in a previous podcast that you had an issue with the time it took you to get into the dome. Yes. Security was, uh, which is important, it was maybe a little slow. We were fortunate enough because we had the, the, the TD tickets. We went right uh, right in, swung right in there. And then we were in the shade the whole game. Like, it was the nicest baseball viewing experience I think I've ever wow. had at the Dome. And they they were they lost. They Two home runs hit off J-Hap in the first two pitches, basically. <laughs> but it, it was great. Wonderful experience. And I felt bad as I sat there because there was about 40,000 people, a good crowd. Of course, the Yankees are in town, so lots of Yankee fans. But I felt kind of bad about on Sky Dome. So much as everyone knows, I have for the last decade. Just yeah, the best. Yeah, it's there. It's fine. It's fine. It was a good experience. It was fun. Hey, Dan, you brought up the city talk. Uh, yeah. You know, we did that summer Saskatoon song. Yes. And it was a massive hit. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved it. Well, um, now I'm embarrassed to say I don't know the artist. Christoph, do you have any idea? I don't know if I sent it to you. It uh, looks like it's Mr. John Rose. John Rose. There you go. Singer-songwriter. So, singer-songwriter John Rose. Thank you, Christoph. Very kindly put together a country version of Summer in, Sa- in Saskatoon. And uh, it goes a little something like this. Summer in Saskatoon Everybody's going to get a gringo Everybody's going to queue Buds on Broadway Summer in Saskatoon Everybody's going to Sutherland Everybody's hanging out Midtown Plaza Forty jewelry stores That was beautiful. <laughs> that was really good. And I don't know who's harmonizing with them. Man, they sounded great together. We'll Probably find uh, out. did his own backing vocals. Maybe, yeah, he laid it down. Um, and I have to, before we get to our guests, uh, I have to get this uh, off my mind because I sent out a Twitter poll last week. It's still bothering me. <laughs> I sent out this Twitter poll because uh, we had Daniel Cormier, the new heavyweight champ of the UFC. Yeah, um, crazy. He was talking about a hockey experience he had, and uh, he said he was brutal. I said, guess what? You're an ankle burner. And people start... Tweeting me, they're like, what are you talking about, Toolsy? It's ankle bender. I'm like, no, you idiots. It's not. So I sent out a Twitter poll. Says, was just informed that young people call a bad skater an ankle bender, not ankle burner. I have never heard bender in my life, so what is it? And then on the Twitter poll, 75% said ankle bender. 25% said ankle burner. I sent out a text to four NHLers on the way to this podcast while stopped at red lights. Um, <laughs> three former, one current. None of them had ever heard ankle bender. All were burner. And as they said, yeah, because that's an actual burn, calling someone an ankle burner. If you call them an ankle bender, you're calling them a human. You're like, oh, your ankle bends? Yeah, okay, it should. Ankle burner, friction, is causing burns on your ankles because you're such a bad skater. So I have uh, someone to back up my uh, my claim, and that's a um, friend of the podcast, Vince O'Toole, my brother. 
Hello, you, boys. Hi, Vince. So, if I was wrong, my brother would be the first one to call me up. But oh, he, for sure. you back me up on ankle burner and why? Oh, well, I backed you up because it's uh, there's a lack of poetry in the ankle bender. That's you wouldn't fair. say the sky was as blue as a blue sky. Or a girl you met was as beautiful as a beautiful girl. <laughs> there, there is a, all the poets are dead. <laughs> yeah, that's true, they are. Like, but, the whole thing, I think, came about, it's just, you know, some kid, probably named Devin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his dad's talking to him after the game, and you go, you know, your friend uh, there, he's a real ankle burn, and he's like, what does that mean? And it's like, well, his ankle's bent over so far that they were burning on the ice. <laughs> And Devin, the little arsehole, says, well, why didn't you just say his ankles were bending? And his dad apologized and said, I'm sorry, son, I should have done that. Let's go get some ice cream. Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. They just got, they got to it quicker. They forgot about they the burning. They, got, they stopped at the bending. And I should, also, I, I should also say, like, Dan, the, thing that, well, the only thing I would say is I don't know why he was so surprised about the poll, because it was an online poll, and... Young people are online, so obviously Ankle Bender is going to win the poll. Well, right? of course it is. It's like you've dumbed it down for every generation. This is a thing that I have thought since I was in high school, is that you know we had to read Shakespeare and all this stuff, and I was also into some good music. But the clashes, should I stay or should I go, is to be or not to be from Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, you listen to them, you read it, and you listen. You know, should I stay? You know, there will be trouble, and it's the slings and arrows, and then if I stay, then it's the worst There'll be double. It will be double. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... You, I wonder if anyone's ever, uh, ever asked Johnny Rotten about that. I don't think so. Hmm. Makes it's a lot of sense. It's my own personal opinion. It's just like you dumb it down for everything. It's just like, you know, like when I was a kid, nothing was on fleek. But, you know, what am I going to do? Um, is fleek still a thing? <laughs> I don't know if it's still a thing. Uh, That's it. Like, I'm 47 years old. I don't know if fleek's still a thing. Well, and Dan also, Dan also brought up the, the, the three ex-NHLers had never heard of it. Yeah, not, no one. We're all old. Like, I don't know why <laughs> this is a, the debate. Like, we're, oh, we're old. So that's no, we... it's, it's not. My dad, my dad would insult someone uh, uh, by calling them an armpit. And, yeah. But the way my dad's and you think, well, that doesn't mean anything. But the way my dad said it, oh, that guy felt it. <laughs> uh, driving by some um, some uh, farms on the way here, Vince. I I'm sure you probably had flashbacks if you drove by farms right now as well. It's hay season. It is. Oh boy. Yeah. Just, ah, oh, in the <laughs> mouth, 185 degrees, your head is hitting the top of the steel roof because you put in 100,000 bells, and, oh, it's a great time. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming on and defending me for ankle burning. No problem. Anytime. Uh, that, is, that is one. It's just the kids today that is, oh, those kids today. And also, Vince, I know before we let you go, everyone would want to know, did you ever replace the phone and get a phone that had a complete keyboard. I guess it's all 
It's all it's touchscreen. Huh? I'm, I'm on an iPhone 6 right now, I think. Uh, oh, you're doing great. I think it's a 6S. <laughs> there you go. You've got it all figured out. The S stands for sex pistols. <laughs> all right, boys. I love you. See you, buddy. Talk to okay, you. Take Bye. it easy. Bye. It's my brother, uh, Vince O'Toole. Uh, you can follow him. What the hell's his Twitter handle? <laughs> Vince O'Toole, I think. Is, is it? it? I'll find that here. He hasn't been tweeting as much v- lately. VO Tool. VO Tool. One. VO Tool One on Twitter. I miss his tweets. He's a very, uh, very witty guy on Twitter. Um, yeah, I miss, I miss uh, hearing from uh, on the on the Twitter machine. I didn't know because I didn't grow up on a farm. I didn't know what you were getting at with the hay season. But I, then I got it when he was talking about all the hard work you boys had to do. Um, here's one of his tweets. There are some great Canadian names, Gord being the number one, but how about Farley? Nobody calls their kid Farley anymore. Just one, Farley Mowat's parents. Were there any other Farleys? Other than Chris? And Kevin? God, I saw Kevin Farley open for Norm Macdonald once. It was the very personification of nepotism. (laughs) I saw him at one so of bad. Jay Glazer's parties. The only Jay Glazer party I ever went to in uh, in Hollywood. Oh, God. Along with David Spade was also there. Well, one guy who was probably also there uh, has played for many, many teams in England. Newcastle, Sunderland, Leeds, Wigan. He made 12 international appearances for Scotland. And for Major League Soccer fans and soccer fans of this country, they remember him as a former captain of TFC, and he has chosen to stay in Canada to live and to be a broadcaster at Canada Sports Leader TSN, and along with Luke Wildman and Christian Jack, has just done a spectacular job in our studio for the World Cup coverage, and he even, over this past weekend, sampled the orange juice that was on (laughs) his desk, which made me so happy. He is Stephen Caldwell, and he joins us now on the Jane Dan Podcast. Stephen, how are you tonight? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Oh, we're great. We're great. Are you are you World Cupped out, or are you like everyone else thinking this might be the best World Cup we've ever seen? Yeah, I think it probably is. It's certainly the best World Cup that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Where I sort of vaguely remember, or I can remember 1990, but not that consistently. 94 was my first World Cup where I was, you know, filling out the wall charts and. I knew every player and every team and trying to stay awake as it was in the US I was in the UK obviously in Scotland and trying to stay awake watching all the games and that was my World Cup that, that has a special place in my heart but this is this is something else the quality the drama the storylines the upsets we can go on and on the goals the quality of play like I said and, and many many good teams in the World Cup that were a little bit of a surprise we felt uh, you know were probably Sweden's and Switzerland and Senegal, going on in Japan, real surprises with the quality that they had. If England wasn't still there, Stephen, do you yeah. think we'd be as uh, into this World Cup? Because that's on another level, having England still alive. Yeah, it really is. I mean, being a, a Scotsman, it's never nice when England wins. It looks like <laughs> two games away from lifting the World Cup. We've been hearing about it every single week since 1966. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a bit concerning, but no, in, in, in all seriousness, it's, it's great that they're in it. I think this England team's a little bit different from previous years where 
they're young and they're you know they're fresh and they have this really positive vibe and attitude about them. And we've talked about it a lot on air, Christian and I and Luke, and talking about how a lot of these guys came from lower league football or from tough sort of uh, pathways where, you know, a guy like Harry Kane, for example, who, you know, had to go on loan three, four, five times and had some difficult periods on loan, even at Tottenham Hotspur, there was a few people within the youth ranks who, you know, wanted to cut them at different times. So, these guys kind of know hardship, even though they're now at the pinnacle of the game and they're playing for top Premier League clubs. They kind of seem to remember where they came from and they have a manager in Gareth Southgate who will not let them forget you know, what it's about to, to play for England and, and to keep their feet in the ground and to you know treat every game with respect, every opponent with respect and, and just be totally prepared. And I think he's done a wonderful job with, with a bunch of players that he has. So you mentioned Harry Kane. He has to be the biggest breakout star of the world. He was already a star in England, but now the entire world really knows yeah. exactly how great he is. He's you mentioned he plays at Tottenham. He he plays for Tottenham Hotspur. It seems and you say to yourself if you're a casual fan, that doesn't seem like a big enough team for Harry Kane to be at. It seems like someone's gonna come calling. The Barcelona's the Real Madrid's of the world. Who who how long can he stay there, Stephen, and where might he go if he were to leave? Well I've got a feeling he might stay there his whole career and you guys will probably think that's a bit strange with the quality that he has and and the fact that he's potentially probably going to end up top scorer from this World Cup but I just think that what they're building at Tottenham and, and the way he's you know such an integral part of that that he might just stay there now that probably depends on success and it's not so easy to get success in the Premier League or in English football because of so many teams with, with, with so much money and, and prestige and, and, and history that, you know, the Manchester Cities now and the Manchester United of, of the past, Liverpool even, are coming back there. So it's, it's not that easy to win, but I think Tottenham are pretty well positioned to, to do that, especially with people like Dele Alli, Harry Kane, Kieran Trippier, uh, could go on and on, uh, Jan Vertonghen, who, you know, they've got a number of players who are still left and the last four of this competition, Hugo Lloris, you know, almost seven or eight of their starting 11 are, are, are still in the World Cup with different nations. So it tells you what they have. But saying that, they don't win in the next two or three years. He's going to probably move. My bet would be Real Madrid. I just feel like he looks and acts like a Real Madrid player. I don't see him fitting in at Barcelona the same way they do at Real Madrid. And I think if he does leave, it will be to... To um, you know, to Europe and to a different league. So Real Madrid are probably one of the biggest sides in the world. I think he might go there one day. Whatever happens uh, the rest of the way for England, Harry Kane never has to pay for another beer in his life in England. No. Um, watching the fans celebrate, and again, I'm I'm always wondering how much people are making and all that. These bars during the England World Cup matches, they maybe make their revenue for an entire two years in this one-month World Cup, considering the amount of drinking that must be going on there? Yeah, they really do. One of my best friends uh, runs a bar in, in the outskirts of Manchester, where I used to live when I played for uh, for Burnley and, and for Wigan for a year. And uh, I was there for a while, brilliant little area. And he, he runs a bar and um, is very successful as long as England are in the tournament during the summer months. We, he always used to talk about that, so... I know they're crushing it and, and people are, you know, <laughs> going to the pub and partying, you know, from sort of mid-afternoon or whenever the game is, all through the night, they're going there early for the game and it's uh, very important to the bars and, and, and pubs in, in, uh, in England, so 
uh, long may it continue for they guys. They'll be <laughs> they'll be cheering them on. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. On. Not not just because they're English, but to to keep that money coming in. And I think <laughs> at this time, with the kind of political unrest with Brexit and stuff, and I'm definitely not going to go into any of the details. But it's a feel good factor running through England and. and you could say the UK, I'm sure a lot of Scotland don't want them to win, but it's just nice that, you know, our main sport, which is football and it always will be, is, you know, has something to kind of cheer about. Uh, you know, as you guys have probably heard, it's coming home, it's playing at every you know, jukebox and every every home, every car in, in the UK just now, which was a hit in the 1996 when the Euro Championships came to England and it was a famous song then and it's probably even more famous this time round. Everybody seems to be playing it on their Instagram, their Twitter and, and singing it throughout the bars and streets and homes of, of uh, England. Do you do you miss home? Do you you're here now? Do you yeah. what made you what made you decide to settle here and and do you miss home especially at times like this? Yeah, I I don't miss home because I love Canada so much and you know I really mean that. I miss people of course and I miss little little things, you know, chocolate. I definitely miss English chocolate <laughs> and I miss some restaurants, uh, but, and, and obviously my family and friends, but I don't miss home as much because I love Canada so much. I love Toronto. It's a fantastic city. I came here for, for eight weeks to start with, uh, to play for TFC and um, I thought, you know, I'll see what it's like and who knows, you know, I'll probably be back in the UK in maybe a, a year or two and, um, and I just never wanted to go back. My kids loved it here, and we we sort of set down uh, roots, and and you know, pretty happy here. And hopefully, long may it continue. Uh, you know, you never know in, in our profession, or even the profession I was in before in, in football world. That you know, you can be taken anywhere to the US or to anywhere in Europe. And I'm always kind of open to different things, to listening to different things. But I'm very happy in Canada, and I'm, I'm very happy doing the job that I do for TSA as a broadcaster. I'm I'm glad you mentioned the chocolate because I thought you would like it because we we've got Cadbury's over here in the UK they've got Cadbury's and the chocolate in the states where we spent four years garbage yeah. it's horrible yeah <laughs> it's not the same is it no not at all but the Canadian chocolate I thought it would stand right up there and plus well, we've got all those uh, those UK uh, chocolate shops around Toronto yeah you need to go to one of them and buy it but it's not quite the same we get we get a shipment in every time somebody comes from the UK to visit us so <laughs> we have a few bars just now I'll bring a bar into you guys when you've got one of the shows and uh, you can taste it and tell me what you think there's nothing like it I promise you now okay. what uh, other than the chocolate what was the thing about Canada that was strangest to you Stephen that you said well I I didn't had no idea that this existed in this country um it, you know, it's a little bit like the the US is very strange to, to us from the UK. We love it, and you know, we find really weird things about it. But I think Canada's a lovely mix between what's great about the US and what's great about the UK. Uh, so that was really sort of comforting. And of course, there's so many expats and different nationalities and ethnicities in, in Toronto. That's what makes it such a great city. And, incredibly safe place. Uh, driving is different, of course, it's the other side of the road. There's nowhere near as many roundabouts, although there is a couple. There's actually one, two streets from me, and it's a little small one. And people just, they don't treat it with any respect. They just go whatever way they want. They just treat it like a, a stop sign. And I think in the early days, that, that was another one, a stop sign. You know, it's like, ah, oh, it's kind of like a roll sign. No, you actually have to stop. You know? <laughs> We're not used to that. There's not a car there. We just kind of roll on through. But 
you know, you have to get up and running with the roads. Um, but no, I love it. It's a great place. We we're completely settled and. Um, and we've got, you know, the people are amazing, so friendly and, and, and so welcoming. It's from the moment we got here, everybody in our neighbourhood just, you know, welcoming. The school has been fantastic and, and we're very, very happy and hopefully we can stay here for a long time. How about the Canadian pubs? Because most of our pubs are like chains. Yeah. So we're like, ah, this, this is what a pub is supposed to be like. How would you compare the pubs from Europe to Canada? Yeah, very different. That is a, a, a big difference. The, the pubs are proper pubs in the UK. Some of now, them, what, what makes it a proper pub? If you've got a pub in Glasgow, you know, you don't walk into any pub in Glasgow. You need to know exactly what it is because they can be a little bit dodgy. They can be, <laughs> they can be a little scary, especially when you're you know, going to watch a football game or something. You need to make sure it's the right pub for your side or, or you're very much neutral because... You know, it's different from here, whereas everybody's welcoming. And again, another great thing about Canada and Toronto is, you know, you can walk into any bar and you can kind of be wearing your, even your Habs shirt or whatever, and, you know, you can cheer a, a goal, uh, the hockey goal, and, and, and people accept that. You know, we accept that there's different people there and everybody has, you know, a, a you know, background and, and a, a team to support. Whereas if you go into Glasgow and you're in a Rangers pub, you don't cheer for Celtic. <laughs> that could be trouble. Don't come out, don't out, <laughs> that could be really trouble. I thought about you today, Stephen, because uh, there's a Scottish pub by my house called the Caledonian I on Cold Street. Been, we need to go. Yeah, we can go together. Donna yep. runs the place. She's a lovely Donna's Scottish great. woman, and yep. and I thought I wondered if you had been. So I'm so glad to hear that you've been there and maybe a little little taste of home. Maybe I've been a few times. Is, is brilliant. I think I saw your name on the board, actually. Yeah. You have a bottle. Yeah, I do have a bottle there. I do, I, share I, of whiskey, mate. I, I, I do have a bottle of whiskey there. I, I didn't know that concept existed in the UK. She explained it to me. It's yeah. the greatest thing of all time, having a bottle <laughs> of whiskey waiting for yeah. you there. Oh, it's fantastic. Listen, um, we're going to let you go. This has been so cool having you on, on the podcast. we got to get you on the show sometime. we gotta we got to drag you into the studio one night. I'd love to, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Okay, Thanks, take Stephen. care. What a guy. Uh, just great. And their, their analysis of the entire World Cup. If you've been watching the it's World Cup, so good. you've seen him, Luke, and KJ. Yeah. Uh, they're there every halftime. They're every pregame, every postgame, doing a bang-up job. Although, we could get them some better food. We always come in, and the uh, the catering is still there, and it's just like... Eight pounds of sour cream, <laughs> Which, nine pounds of chives, and that's yep. it. <laughs> just, just the fixins for potatoes, <laughs> not the potatoes themselves. Um, Hound Dog ate the remaining sour cream last Thursday night. That had been sitting around for probably twelve hours. Yep. Uh, yeah, we, we we found it, and uh, we said, "Can you pretend to eat this?" And he committed to it. He. The thing with Hound Dog is he commits to every acting bit we ask him to do. He genuinely, uh, he really thinks it through. And I don't know if he thought through eating 12-hour-old sour cream. But, you know, here's something from Stephanie. He, he said he had no d- digestive no, yeah, issues. nothing, which nothing. surprised no me. No poopies. Here's something from uh, Stephanie, a podcast fan. Been seeing Hound Dog on the show a lot lately. That's the TV show. You guys should have him on the podcast. We need to know more about him. Why is he called Hound Dog? Why does he eat sour cream? So many questions. That is a good point. We should have Hound Dog on. I don't know why he's called Hound Dog. I don't really either. I always just thought it kind of he kind of looked well, maybe like one. 
I'm looking outside the studio here, and Natasha Stanishevsky, she's walking around like she's looking for a cat or oh. something. Did she lose something? Maybe she lost uh, her wedges. <laughs> Just a, lost a tray of wedges. Uh, here's a guy we haven't talked to for a long time, and we've been getting many, many requests to check in with him, and we are thrilled to, from beautiful Coldwater Canyon in Los Angeles, California, it is the one and only Engineer Jim. Jim, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How you doing, guys? Uh, are you literally living in your pool right now, Jim? Because the last update I have from the valley, we, it was 118. 118 yeah. degrees. 118, yeah. And uh, we were lucky to lose power that day. Oh, Holy Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. We, we, uh, five o'clock, whatever it was, uh, Friday afternoon, uh, we lost power, and we were without power for like 38 hours. Wow. Yeah. What did it, you do? It, How, what, did you just leave the city? Uh, you know what? I wanted to. <laughs> uh, I, I, I had to work all weekend, and my girls were in a basketball tournament and all this other stuff. So we talked about just saying the heck with all of it and leaving town. And I am not kidding you. Everybody on my section of the street, for, for as far as you could see, from one end to the other, it was a complete ghost town. Wow. Everyone left. Everybody yeah. went to hotels and everything else. Uh I went to Home Depot and I bought a generator. Yeah. Yep. Nice. And uh, a bunch of fans. And uh, uh, I, I have one window air conditioning unit that every now and then I'll, I'll throw in like my bedroom window. We have central air, but uh, my house is built in the 50s. And I, I think our bedroom's like a separate wing. And I don't know how much insulation we got. So. Every now and then when it gets super hot, sometimes I'll put that in for a couple of weeks in the summertime. And then, so, so, and then while all the neighbors gone, you ransacked all their homes, correct? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> literally, it was crazy. Uh, and so, and I, I had to run to the store a couple of times, and my wife was gone with the girls at the basketball tournament, and my son was home, and he and I were running to Home Depot and all this stuff. And I, I didn't want to shut the generator off. So I left the back door open, but I was like, hey, you know, Andrew, put your car in the driveway so it looks like somebody's here because literally, I'm not kidding, you could have, like, shot a cannon down the street and not hit anyone. I mean, it was a complete ghost town, and I was afraid. I was totally afraid we were going to get robbed because (laughs) there was nobody was here. I I have a generator question. The whole the whole neighborhood could have robbed. So you bought a generator to plug fans and stuff into, correct? Yeah, because the the generators the generators that you have for your house that uh, come in when the power goes out and it it just kicks in. How the fuck Uh, do those work? There's no plug for your home where you just plug it into your house and yeah. An entire house is powered up. How does that work? Does anyone know? Uh, like a whole home generator that is connected to your right. house, so when the power yeah. goes out, yeah. hey, you're back up. You can tie it into mm. your breaker box. You tie, you yeah, tie it into right. the, the old breaker box. The breaker I box. knew it. There okay. you go. Because I, I have a, 
like a plug on the outside of my house, basically, where I can plug a generator in. Hmm. In yeah, the case of power that, going out. Right. So that's uh, um, like my a couple of neighbors came over. Hey, you got a plug in the outside <laughs> of your house? I'm like, no, it was built in the 50s. You know, there's two steel plates that, you know, one's positive, one's negative that comes from the street. And it's like, uh, I don't think I want to mess with that. Yeah. So, if I do look uh, at one I, of those, I'll get someone to hook it up for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, smart idea. You don't yeah. want to do that yourself. Yeah, I'll bring but someone I, in. I just got one that I ran extension cords into my house and, and hooked up a bunch of uh, power strips, and I had everything going. It worked great. Hmm, I mean, nice. I had the fridge going, everything. It, it was kick-ass. This has been Generator Talk <laughs> with Jay, Dan, and Engineer. Hey, Jay. if Honda wants to throw us a couple generators, we'll try them out. Why not? There you go. Why there not, eh? Go. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, Christoph, you haven't uh, done that drop that we were. I was hoping here. <laughs> oh, what's the drop? Hang the on. The new one. Oh, he's looking for it. Uh, Hang on. You got to go to the little boys. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jim. Uh, I have a pool etiquette question. <laughs> Jim, love that. Jim, you have a pool. Is yeah, it sir. is it open to like neighbors and stuff? Do you say, hey, when we're not here or when we're here, you guys can use it whenever you want? Yeah. I do, okay. Yeah. So so I have that open invitation with a friend of mine, and I don't want to overuse it. How much is too much by going to someone's pool? Would you uh, well, like if someone I, was coming? Okay, wait, by, wait, wait, okay. wait, wait. Let, let him just answer that question. Okay. How much is too much? So you've opened that up to maybe some neighbors or friends, right? Yeah, I but have, how how much would be too much for you? No matter how close the person was. I, I, honestly, uh, it doesn't matter. I, I, I mean, if they wanted to come over and use it every day for a few hours while we were gone, I, I wouldn't matter to me. You know. Okay, good. I will. I, I will say though that the kids down the street last summer while we were back east on vacation, I said the same thing. Hey, guys come over, use the pool, and in turn, they would, like, empty the pool filter and check and make sure there's water in the pool and all that stuff. Okay. And so they would come over every day, and the neighbors across the street were like, they thought something was up. Oh, yeah. So they came over, and they're like, hey, what are you guys doing in the Mitchell's pool? What is <laughs> going on here, you know? And, and they're, like, trying to, they're like, well, see, you guys come over here every day, you know, and you're eating their vegetables, and you're <laughs> <laughs> Digging through their garden. Yeah, exactly. And, and they were like, oh, no, they said it was cool. They were going to be gone for a month, so we could have uh, whatever vegetables and, you know, to make sure the pool was okay. And, That's and, great. Uh, Those rowdy kids stealing vegetables. Freshly, yeah. freshly grown tomatoes. Well, I'm glad you said that because, yeah, I've got friends and they're out of town. They said, yeah, use it whenever, but I... I Secretly think they're watching on like their uh, their pool camera oh, saying, probably. "Oh, they are over there again." Yeah, they probably are. I th I said to Dan, well, like, as long as you as long as you brought over a, a nice bottle of wine or uh, or whiskey go. every yeah. once in a while, I think you're good. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, I think I, I, I that's always appreciated. Some cold beers, some wine, whiskey, yeah. any or all of the above is always a good reciprocal. And uh, and I wear a thong in the pool, so. That's a nice touch if that's you're into a, old men with butt floss. Well, that, that's you got to go to the little boys. Oh, God. But, uh, 
Yeah, I was I was going to say, you know, it's I think it's totally cool to let let the neighbors, your friends, use the pool whenever they want. Perfect. But That's all I needed to hear. For me, it's one thing for me to skinny dip in my pool, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I don't really know if I want my neighbors swimming butt naked in my yeah, pool. Yeah, I, I won't. Do you got to put the trunks on yeah, for trunks. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's only common courtesy. How's uh, how's life at Fox, Jimmers? Uh, how how are things? Are you cutting together lots of a uh, World Cup stuff? Because we have the World yeah. Cup up here, uh, and Fox has the World Cup uh, in the good old U.S. of A. Yes, um, it's been just World Cup crazy. Uh, a few weeks ago, we we were really crazy. We had NASCAR, we had the U.S. Open golf, and we had World Cup all going at the same time. And Major League Baseball, it was it was it was bedlam at Fox. So, in your department, were people there twenty four hours a day? Yeah, we actually have, uh, and they it just changed this week. But we had we had mixers in. I would come in from like at six a.m. and work till like two or three in the afternoon. Then we had a mixer come in at three and work till eleven. And then we had another guy come in at one a.m. and work till nine a.m. And another guy come in at three a.m. Holy and crap! Work till eleven. Wow! Wow! And I, I said, don't ask me to do those. <laughs> yeah, no. You're, you're a veteran now. They know what they've got with you. They wouldn't piss you off. Yeah, no, no. And, no, they uh, know. You're they intimidating. Know. And, and <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so it, it was kind of funny because a couple of the guys going, why do we have, why do we have to do that? And I'm like. You gotta be kidding me if you think I'm gonna do that. You're like, <laughs> oh yeah, now I know why I have to do that. Oh, you're, yeah, you're a senior. You're a senior guy, my friend. Um, yeah, but um, but so Dan, you were you were at the U.S. Open, weren't you? I was. It was great. I went down, um, ended up in the Fox hospitality tent somehow, and uh, drank all their booze. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we roll, Jim. <laughs> I love hearing that. I love hearing that. And you guys are having a good summer there? Yeah, we, we are. Having- it's uh, it's nice and hot here, and we're uh, just, uh, as we mentioned off the top of the podcast, we're counting down the days until our summer vacay, which is in now eight work days. Not that we're counting. I mean, right now, Jim, today it's basically 90 degrees here. and. Okay. And so it finally, like the weather's finally like at a place where I really, really enjoy it. Oh, that's that's awesome! You guys are now hitting full summer stride. Oh there. yes, guy. Oh, I've got my testicles out on the desk here. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a steam coming off of them. On that note, Jim, we've got to run. We've got to go do a TV interview now. Oh, my. Oh, man, it was great talking to you guys. It was so great catching up, buddy. Um, listen, we got, we're going to call you back. I feel like, can we call you back next week and do a Six Degrees with you? Because we people are going to be upset we yeah, didn't do a Six of Degrees. Of course. Uh, anytime, guys. I love it. You All right, perfect. Are the best. You're the thanks, best, Jim. my friend. Enjoy the pool and uh, stay cool, okay? All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Take care, buddy. That's it. Enjoy the pool and stay cool. Stay safe. What a good guy. Miss that guy so much. Miss seeing him.
Yeah, so we'll have uh, Engineer Jim on next week. We'll have uh, him on for, for a quick uh, six degrees, and then that'll be a nice way to head into the summer. Again, just a reminder, one more podcast after this one, and then we're off for five to six weeks, and we'll be back on Labor Day week with a whole new set of pod action. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye-bye. You got to go to the little boys. They're going home. The Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light.